we're delighted to uh, have Kieran Terry with us this morning. Kieran has in, enjoyed a successful career in both his native South Africa uh, and here in the UK, where he's worked at and run some of the leading restaurants in London, including the Caprice, Daphne's, uh, <coughs> uh, Cocoon, and more latterly, the Ivy and um, the Club at the Ivy. He now heads up front of house operations uh, across the entire Caprice Holdings group. A massive job, so many diverse restaurants, and one that I'm sure is only going to get bigger. Certainly, if Mr. Caring has his way, as he usually does. Um, Kieran's experience puts him in, in a great position to talk about a subject relevant uh, to every restaurant operation, which is how to ensure you deliver outstanding service. Kieran Terry. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'd like to share with you the secrets of outstanding service. And I'm sure, as my colleagues in the industry, you're all aware of uh, what a broad, detailed, and uh, definitely partly subjective uh, topic this is. Um, my poor wife can bear testimony to this as uh, she sat with me through my first draft of the speech. And it took so long we had to actually break for lunch halfway through. <laughs> um, outstanding service is definitely all about a team effort. And uh, every single member of the team, from the maitre d' through to the kitchen porter, has a very crucial part to play. All of this. So there are 135 staff at the Ivy restaurant, for example, and uh, everybody, customer facing or not, is, uh, plays a very, very important part. Um, we strive to ensure that the customers always have a very enjoyable experience. Most of all, we try and exceed their expectations. Um, running a restaurant is a very theatrical experience, and uh, like ensuring the synergy between the actors, the lights, and the set design. Um, in our case, delicate balance between table allocation, uh, the temperature, the lights, the food, the service and the drinks is our ultimate goal. Um, every service is like another production and every, every single one of us has a serious part to play in that. Uh, during my training at Le Caprice as a waiter in 1998, I'll never forget my trainer telling me that every time I came into contact with the table, it was like my prompt to come on stage uh, and ready to perform. Caprice Holdings has always prided themselves in getting all of these little parts right that I talk about and continue to assess and evaluate these on a regular basis. Um, Jesus, Jesus Adorno, I don't know if some of you probably met him over time, a legendary major D of Caprice and uh, definitely one of my mentors uh, uh, since I've been in London, uh, taught me the importance of consistency. And uh, there's something that we've always strived for as uh, your, your, your last meal is only as good as, uh, I mean, your last service is only as good as your as your last service. Uh, testament to this being a restaurants like Le Caprice, The Ivy and Jay Sheepies that have all been trained successfully under the Caprice Holding Banner for, for around 61 years. I'd like to run you through a regular day for a Caprice Holdings customer and this all starts with a telephone call. And I'm sure all of you are aware of how important that is. Um, it's crucial that a telephone is answered within five rings and this is a standard we have put in place. Um, if it's taken longer than five rings, we will apologise on answering uh, for keeping you waiting. Um, if we can't accommodate you, and we'll always try to accommodate you, we'll definitely recommend one of our sister restaurants. And either put you straight through or get that site to call you straight back. Um, we always repeat booking details back to our customers to make sure that we've got all the details absolutely spot on. Um, and we've also just introduced online bookings um, to make sure that uh, we can cope with the demand that we have, uh, as well as for people on the move. Um, a regular day for the Ivy Reservations team, um, where they receive in and around 1,000 calls. And there's no fewer than four people on the phone at all times between sort of 10 a.m. and 6, 6 p.m. 
the restaurant actually only shuts for Christmas and Boxing Day each year. Um, we'll now move on to the restaurant, and this is actually before the customer even arrives. Um, mise en place, which translates to everything being in its place in preparation for the service, is incredibly important. We're sort of setting the scene. Um, the restaurant is, when a restaurant is laid out properly and you walk around the restaurant, uh, every table of the same shape is, a, is laid up identically. Um, therefore, to create a feel of symmetry and balance throughout the room. Every table has its place, equal distances apart or from the nearest wall. Every chair is pushed in only so far, perfectly straight. Tablecloths drop or equal all the way around. Um, all the iron creases on the tablecloths are pointing in the right direction, in the same direction. Every napkin, every piece of cutlery, every glass is strategically placed um, and all in line. Um, I just I can't forget or being shown um, uh, at my time at Le Caprice um, that when we were setting up a table, we actually had to use our thumb on the edge of the table um, to measure how far the actual knife and fork need to be away from the edge and also in between the napkin and the knife and fork and the supply to every single table. And then I was paired up with someone else to check that all the glasses were perfectly in line all the way down the one side of the wall and the other side of the wall. And there were angles and lines throughout the restaurant. Um, and every single table, like I said, had an exact position. And it was, it's such a science. And, and you know, when the room is laid up, it's just it's, it's a beauty to see. And uh, you know, ready to receive every single one of you. Um, before the customer arrives, we hold a briefing uh, for all the waiter and bar staff, uh, explaining who's coming in and what they do. Uh, we also discuss if they have any likes, dislikes, or allergies. And all of these notes are written into a little alphabetical diary. Each waiter is expected to have one at the briefing. Um, and, and we also uh, we will test all of our staff on this information uh, and, and basically use this to grade them so they can move up what's called a, a points ladder. It's a grading, in-house grading system that we have. Um, obviously, at the same time, we also check whether they are immaculately dressed, uh, shoes sparkling, aprons ironed perfectly, bow ties straight, uh, you know, super clean, waistcoats on with uh, all the buttons in the right place. Um, a perfect example of what we expect I, I, I want our waiters to know, or our staff, is a particular customer that we have always likes to sit on a particular table when they come in. Um, and this, is, you know, this has happened over a number of years. <coughs> Um, and if they're for two, it's, it's that table. If they're for three or more, it's a bit another table. They also insist um, that their guest is always seated on a particular seat as well. And if they, the guest arrives first, they actually expect us to let the guest know that, sorry, you can't sit on that chair, Mr. So-and-so always likes to sit on that particular chair. Um, uh, we also know that whenever he sits down, if he is the first to arrive, he likes an FT straight away. He always drinks Budweiser water. Um, he always drinks white burgundy by the glass. Um, he expects us to bring over the reading glasses. He likes to read our menu, but always orders the special, so he doesn't really read the menu. Um, once he's super incredibly hot, uh, wants to be in and out at lunchtime in under an hour, um, no matter what. And uh, because he's what we call an account holder, therefore he has an account with us, he always needs to get a pen to sign the bill. And this is just one of thousands of regular customers that we have throughout the group. So the scene has now been set for your arrival. Um, the maitre d' is definitely the first person you come into contact with within, <coughs> within the restaurant, and their interaction with you can definitely set the tone for your experience. Um, they might make eye contact, give you a warm smile, and welcoming you as if seeing an old friend. 
and they're responsible for the allocation of tables and knowing who to seat where without upsetting anyone and creating this unique buzz and feel to the restaurant. I remember a time when the uh, wife of a past Prime Minister uh, was purposely seated at the back of a room because uh, they knew that en route to her table um, she would have to stop off at a couple of other tables. There were about four other people in the room that they knew she wouldn't know um, and therefore creating a bit of a, a buzz within the room. Um, we'd also do things like never really seat the editor of opposing newspapers side by side on the tables. Um, table hopping, uh, as we call it, and that's when you know just regular customers or even regular uh, regular customers of ours get up from their table and actually go over to other tables to people they know and have a chit chat. This also once again creates a lovely feel and uh, and buzz to the room. And a lot of the time, this is engineered by the major D. Our best major D's are very good at remembering people's names uh, and faces. Better still, they recall the last time you were in. Perhaps who you were with, the utmost discretion used, of course. <laughs> or even better still, the topic of your last conversation. Um, we will never, we'll never sit you next to the only other table in the room. So if you're the second table in, we'll definitely not sit you right next to them. We try and balance the room out so a table either side and slowly fill the room up like that. Um, if you are alone, uh, you've arrived first and the guests aren't here yet, so we'll definitely give you a newspaper to have a look at. And uh, while you, your, you or your guests as well might be elderly or you might, uh, might be pregnant, and without you even asking, we'll probably offer you a cushion and seat you probably closest to, to the nearest blues. The great maitre d' uh, also finds time to move around the room and provide the every essential hospitality to regulars as well as people they've never met before. Um, and this, I think, is uh, the standing of a true hospitality genius. Um, I think it's, it's quite easy to actually make conversation with people that you know or have been seen quite regularly, but to, to actually make conversation with someone you've never met before is, is the tricky part. Um, and, uh, you know, we're very good at making uh, normal people feel like stars in our restaurants, and we're also very good at making stars feel at home by treating them like ordinary people. We don't fuss, you know, there's no red carpet and band and the whole hoo-ha, and definitely, definitely no autographs either. Uh, there are very few people in this industry today who are great operators, as well as n having natural hospitality skills. I've only probably met with about two people in about 24 years in this industry that can do both really well, and they're both at Caprice Holdings. And next we have your waiter. Um, as soon as you're seated, the major D basically passes the baton and uh, it's your chance as the waiter to come forth. There's eye contact, there's a warm smile, a greeting, and a drink is offered. So within a couple of minutes, you've got bread and butter on the table and an aperitif or a bottle of water, um, and you've got a menu. And this allows you to settle in and to be at ease. Um, when, first, uh, when serving our first drinks, a customer will inform you of any specials of the day or anything that's not available. So from the outset, you really know what's happening. Um, we'll never let any of our staff approach a table without being fully versed on the menu and the wine list. The drinks offer cocktails and spirits included. Uh, customer food and uh, drinks knowledge are held in equally high esteem and uh, we grade and remunerate all of our staff on how advanced their knowledge of this is. Um, it's not only how they perform in practice as, as, as the theoretical part in 50% of the job. We expect those two to be equally balanced. Um, just to give you a picture, uh, a waiter within one of our restaurants takes at least a year to get to the top of the what you call the points ladder, the grading system I was talking about. 
So very extensive testing goes on. You probably only get, four, everybody starts on what's called four points within the restaurant. You only get to your five points probably within about three months. As there's, a, you know, there's so much to learn with regards to the actual product and of course the customers that are coming in. Um, we'll, offer to take, we'll offer to take your order in around five minutes after the table is completed. Um, but we'll base our timings on a couple of key factors. Obviously we're not going to come in and try and take your order unless we get the correct kind of, sort of body language or eye contact from you. Uh, you may not have even looked at the menu, so we need to gauge that before we approach the table. Um, you might have been on the phone. Uh, you might have been in conversation since you arrived as well. Um, or you might just want to just take it slow. Uh, any customer requests like not ready to order or want to pour your own water uh, or would like to only have a really tiny bit of wine at a time need to be ready to relay to all of the, your colleagues to ensure that we don't embarrass or upset anyone or ultimately interrupt anyone. I think that's one thing that a lot of operators get wrong. It's, uh, it's a cardinal sin in our industry uh, when it comes to service and that's interrupting people while they're talking. You know, even if you know, that people have two or two and a half hours or three hours on the table, you know, if they're not, they're in conversation, please, never interrupt. Uh, if there are any young children at the table as well, we always offer to take the order as quickly as possible, therefore to allow the children to settle in. Um, we're able to suggest relevant side orders of all main courses, uh, ensuring that there's not repetition of ingredients. So we've got a main course that's got spinach in, for example, um, and you've ordered spinach as a side as well. We, we'll try and steer you in the right direction there and not allow you to double up. And also, of course, we're there to recommend the wine to match your food. Uh, further mise en place will be provided, so additional cutlery, uh, relevant condiments, finger bowls, and these all without being prompted. I think that's so nice to have that natural flow. Um, you know, a lot of our customers today, even on a basic dish like fish and chips, had up in chips with mushroom peas. Uh, before you even have to ask, when the tartar sauce has arrived, there's a little bottle of malt vinegar, there's some ketchup, you know, in a blink of an eye, and people, gosh, that's like magic. A lot of people always uh, uh, comment on that. Shepherd's pie as well, in particular, and a uh, classic of the ivy. Worcestershire sauce on the table straight away before you even have to ask. Uh, wine and water topped up sufficiently and legally. Uh, eye contact to be made with the host whenever pouring out the last bit of your wine or water um, and therefore uh, allowing the host to then acknowledge or, or make a signal that they'd like a little bit more. We never upsell. And this is obviously not too embarrassing the host um, at any time. Service etiquette with ladies first, gents next and host last. We always try to apply this on all tables whenever possible. Um, Starters should arrive around 8 to 12 minutes after ordering and uh, we only clear all the starters away when everybody has actually finished eating. The same rule will apply for all mains and desserts. Arrival of the main course will be uh, no less than 12 to 15 minutes after you've cleared the starters. Um, otherwise, customers might feel much. We only inquire if everything was okay, if somebody's actually left something behind on the plate something that we've always done. Um, or if we've recommended something to you, we'll obviously check in whether or not the recommendation was suitable. Uh, the table is then crumbed or wiped down, and dessert menu is then offered. Um, a lot of people at lunchtime usually have in and around an hour to have lunch. So whenever offering the dessert menu, we'd always check whether people actually want dessert or just go straight to coffee or tea, therefore allowing them not to sit there with the dessert menu in front of them for five or so minutes 
uh, actually not even wanting a dessert in the first place, just wanting sort of two espressos if they can be in and out quite quickly. Uh, we always check um, as well if people do order tea or coffee with dessert, whether or not they want that with or after dessert as well. Uh, when customer asks for the bill, uh, this needs to be checked thoroughly and arrive quickly. Uh, if cash or card is presented, this needs to be retrieved quickly. Cash change should always be returned to customers, no matter how little it is. Uh, and after the bill is paid, uh, service should continue until people have left the table. I think a lot of people actually stop, they sort of get the cash and then sort of, that's it, you're left alone. And there's still someone left in the ice bucket, there's still some water on the table that can be topped up, still little side dishes or possibly uh, something can be taken away. Uh, and most importantly, on departure, we need to thank and wish every single customer farewell. Finally, uh, Fernando Pira, I don't know if any of you have met him, he's actually got an article in uh, the current restaurant magazine, a director of the IBM Club. And definitely another one of my mentors along the way, classifies our service as considerate, thoughtful, omnipresent but never intrusive, helpful but never obsequious, friendly but never impertinent. Polish neutrality is essential for the whole experience, uh, and it's about the food and the customer, not about the server. There's only one thing worse than an over-familiar waiter, and that's one that you never see. I'd like to end by reading you a quote from a play with Heavenly Ivy, and this was written for the to, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ivy restaurant. It was actually set in the restaurant in the week on the 8th to the 13th of November. Uh, it took out two or three tables in the middle of the restaurant and actually had a performance happen in the middle of the, the service. Um, and it's actually a conversation between uh, Mr. Abel, who was the original owner of the Ivy Cafe, as it was called back in the 20s and the 30s and Mario Galati, the legendary maitre d', the first maitre d' of the Ivy, and also he went on from there to actually open the Caprice. Um, and I think this uh, encapsulates uh, everything to do with our standing service. <coughs> a restaurant must be a magical world, just like the theatre, few of all people know so well, but unlike the theatre, as every customer must believe that they have the best seat. Every customer must be recognised, cherished and honoured. A great restaurant casts its own spell of excitement and anticipation. A great restaurant should be the place where surprise, adventure and pleasure are possible. Where it is delight to look upon your fellow diners, to admire the choreography of the waiters, and yes too, to rejoice in the food. Discretion is paramount. If, for example, you ask who's that man or that woman who's not his wife, or vice versa, the answer must be I've never seen them before. If you enter the restaurant for the first time, your heart should quicken with admiration and wonder. If you come often, your heart should warm as you sing an old friend. And after all, what an old friend, but someone you're always pleased to see. Believe it or not, that was the condensed version, and thank you very much for listening.